Hi guys, it's Sahara Bay and welcome to Perspective. This is our fifth episode. I just want to say I'm currently in Condado, San Juan, Puerto Rico, which has inspired me to talk a little bit about the Black Diaspora. And, um, you know, I just wanted to come to you guys from here because I feel like it's important to share, um, you know, the things that I'm currently thinking about and you know, that's the point, sharing my perspective on these on these situations and very important topics, especially during Black History Month. Um, yeah, and so it is my job to um, be dedicated to sharing um, on this podcast, no matter where I am in the world. So to start, you know, being here in Puerto Rico and then mixed with seeing the conversations surrounding the differences between different types of black people i feel like it is my job to talk about this since i'm a part and represent all parts of the black diaspora and being that i have listeners from um all all different walks of life but specifically different parts of the black diaspora i thought it would be i thought it would make a great episode so for starters i noticed as black people from america from africa from the caribbean we're all so similar but tell each other that we're better because of this or because of that which is crazy to me you know and so to the outside world they see african americans as thugs criminals angry bitter people who can't let go of the past and and it's one thing you know for white people to attack us that's kind of a given you know but then it's another thing when other minorities people who understand what it's like to be oppressed when they do it but then it's a whole other monstrosity for black people from the same background as us to attack us and recently while scrolling on tiktok i saw a video from an african kid saying oh a a which is was african-american um african-americans used to call us african booty scratchers as kids i didn't forget and initially when i read it, i'm like yeah i agree i remember um i remember that too you know and i remember being in the middle of it and saying that's not nice and you're not nice and like to both kids on both sides because i was both african and african-american i'm nigerian and i'm african-american as well so i was sitting here like um that's not cool you know we're all from the same place and nobody was paying me any attention so anyway i went to school in the heart of park hill which had a very large african population and liberian population and i was um this happened during the time of the ebola outbreak so you can imagine what that had um that being mixed with just normal kid antics wasn't good kids would run around playing tag but instead of tag it was you have ebola and then running around it was just a mess and you know kids being insensitive not understanding the magnitude of what was going on because you know as children we didn't know and when we we saw yeah people are dying but we don't we didn't get to see it you know with our own eyes so we never i don't think anybody really took it seriously as kids you know as eight-year-olds and nine-year-olds or whatever but you know that's the insensitivity at of five to ten year olds sometimes you know and i want to i i say that to say i remember the whole you know african booty scratcher thing and other mean comments like that so now fast forward years later it traumatized african kids so i decided to read the comments of the tiktok video 
and just to see if people agree with me i just i like to see how other people feel i want to hear other people's perspectives no pun intended so um i started reading comments and i saw a lot of apologies coming from african-american kids like hey yeah i remember that i think i did that you know stuff like that and then um i hit like parts of the comment section where africans are being like really messed up saying well that's why you guys were slaves oh that's why you have slave last slave master last names and etc etc really hurtful things so first i was upset at the comments and i'm like well i guess that's that's only fair because the our part of the community said mean stuff too but then i'm like we're talking about um, things that children said and I understand trauma I overstand trauma however if you're going to be a teenager now as opposed to being an uneducated child then what does that say about you because at this point um, you're talking about a community of people who I think we've collectively kind of grown from that I think now um, we want to be connected to our roots even more than we did before so you know, I think holding that against kids, like 10-year-olds and kids who haven't experienced more than a decade of life yet is not fair. And so I kind of felt disappointed um, in the African community at that point, only because there were so many people apologizing just for comments like that, which, you know, apologies aren't meant to get you know you're not you can't expect um forgiveness right away but still you know so it showed me that there was a real issue it reminded me that there was a real issue between our communities and it's deeper than just kids calling each other mean names there is a real issue when other black people make fun of our suffrage in this country make fun of slavery and the results of slavery, which is Jim Crow and, and other things like that, yet benefit off of laws and programs that aren't only here, that are only here in result of African-American history in the country. And as someone, again, who's a part of all three parts of the diaspora, I have no shame in saying when one is wrong or if we're all wrong. And I think in this case, it was a little bit of both, you know, um, but this is amongst teenagers. So I know it's a little different um, depending on age group, you know, so there's that. And then um, I think that we should really talk about how black African-Americans have a real identity crisis when it comes to where we come from. If we're allowed to claim um, being from Africa or people making fun of the culture that we created ourselves like making fun of black american names like felicia or jerome or whatever yet we found those names in an attempt to be connected with our african identity they're either old african names or uh like a variation of one right so names were one of the first things that were stripped away from us as african american when we when our ancestors were brought to america upon arrival one of the first things they did take away our names because names are an extension of identity and that is important and despite all of the ways we were attacked <clears throat> sometimes 
somehow we were not only able to create a culture, but a culture that has impacted and influenced globally. And I feel that that is something to be celebrated, hence Black History Month. And I also want to talk about the Caribbean and Latino aspect of the diaspora. So being here in Puerto Rico reminded me of issues back home. So for those who don't know, there are Black people in Latino countries, you know, Afro-Latinos. Now, but like specifically Dominican Republic, Cuba, and of course, Puerto Rico. Now, that is because when slaves were dropped off, they, were ju- they weren't just in America, but in those countries. And I just listed, in the countries that I just listed, and in Haiti, and in Jamaica, and etc. Now, there's a superiority complex embedded in some Caribbeans and in some Afro-Latinos. But truthfully, our ancestors were all slaves, just with different destinations. And I want to like paint a picture that I used for my friend one time. So picture a family that was from Africa. Now they're in a slave ship and now they're separating families. They separate the fathers and the men from the children and the women and all, you know, the whole messed up, crazy, psychotic process. And then... The father is stripped away, dropped off in Haiti, and then his brother is in Dominica. And then finally, the mother and the children are all in Charleston, South Carolina, miles away from their families. Now they're being auctioned, and the son is taken away to Virginia and her daughter to Texas. But then she died of pneumonia on the way there, and then she developed a disability, so she can't work. And then no evil person wants her and so now she's being executed and the family in haiti and dominica and puerto rico and all the other parts of the u.s they'll never know what happened and that's what happened to our ancestors so we're really no different we all come from the same place and this message isn't just directed to the african and the afro-caribbean and latino parts of our diaspora but to ignorant African-Americans too because sometimes our community can be and anyone who's divisive because as for the future that I see, I feel like we will always be, there will always be hatred in, in someone's heart for black people and and that means that we need to hold on to each other more and instead of hating each other. We don't need to hold subjective stereotypes against each other because it doesn't help us. It doesn't bring us closer to being better financially or mentally or emotionally like hating people is a lot of work which you know i just feel like we have to do better as a as people and i think we are doing better i think we are growing and conversations like these are what are what helps so i want to thank everybody for listening to you know what i have to say Um, I don't know when this episode will go up, but I'll try to get it to you guys as soon as possible. And next week, I have a very exciting topic to talk about. And I just can't wait to talk to you guys next week. So thank you guys for listening to Perspective. And I'll see you next time. Bye.